Welcome back. This is Still Sharper Still. I got some wonderful queens with me today. I'm going to let y'all introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Alexandria Smith, and I'm Brooklyn's newest favorite teacher. Hi, I'm Rachel, and I am an amazing teacher. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we. She didn't want to say the location. Oh, man. But today, we're going to basically just speak about just being a black educator in the 21st century. Um... You know, this is just organic conversation. You don't gotta be shy. Relax, relax. You know, but really, main so just really just trying to convey the message of the importance of a, of an educator right now. So I just wanted to ask y'all, like y'all being an educator. So first of all, tell the people who y'all teach, the age group. I need to hear all that. I need that. Um. Well, I teach first grade. Um. I love the babies. That's the molding period. Um. Older kids. I I love to see them get there, but I like to start with them. But what grade? So you pre-K? Pre no, I have first grade, so oh, that's so like, like age six, six yeah, six doing seven um, by the end of the year. And I know it's a huge leap. What's your grade? So I deal with like the older kids. Last year I taught high school, ninth, tenth, and twelfth grade, and that was like a great experience for my first year of teaching because I'm like fairly young, so like it was I was able to understand them in certain ways that older teachers might not understand them. This year I'll be teaching eighth grade. I'm excited because I feel like that's a good transition age. Like they're about to be in high school. They don't know. Like they're feeling grown, but they're not there yet. So it should be fun. So like y'all being in total first grades and eighth grade, that's like two different spectrums, but. What challenges y'all feel like y'all face on the normal? Like, matter of fact, before we even get there, like, what's the average day at Rachel's class and the average day at Alex's class and being in both grades? Um, for first grade, I definitely will say, like, the average every day is emotions. Mm -hmm. um, as little kids, I feel like when they come into the classroom, like, it's emotions that they have from home. Um, emotions from friends or like just not understanding how to like not be in charge of their emotions but like deal with like how they're feeling and how to express that to explain it to like the teacher or explain it to a friend or sometimes it's like an emotion that they can't understand that someone um, passed to them so I think on a daily basis before education it's definitely like emotion so you do you more so feel like it starts from home um, it can. It can start from home. It can start from the walk to school. It can start from how um, a teacher said good morning to them or how their friend said good morning to them. If it wasn't upbeat, then it's like, oh, okay, that might throw them off because they're still learning their feelings. They're still learning what sad is, what mm -hmm. angry is. So. And it's crazy because you're saying that and being a first grade teacher, and it's a whole different perspective when you talk about like Alex, like she teaching the eighth grade and this. The emotions is different if you think about it, you know what I'm saying, from first grade to eighth grade. So, what about you, Alice? Like, what's the normal so average? For my, like Rachel said, emotions play a big part in everyone's day. Like, if your child, if your student comes to school and they're, they had a bad night, a bad morning, it's kind of like you have to deal with that first before you try to teach them because you'll be talking to a wall kind of sort of thing. And if you grew up in New York, if you grew up in Brooklyn, you know you're facing different challenges every day, whether it be your home, economics family, your own certain emotions, friends, your community, like you're going through a lot. So I feel like channeling with their emotions first is always important because that's a part of your classroom management. And that if you don't deal with their emotions, you're not going to be able to teach them anything because they're going to deal with different stuff on their mind. And So how do you successfully deal with, with their emotions? Like I was going to ask you, like both y'all, like how do y'all feel that gap? How do you be that voice? Um, I'm big on communication. Like 
speak to me let me know so i can meet you where you are if you're having a bad day more more than likely you can tell when a student's having a bad day and you can pull them out take them to the side like see what's going on if they need their little time give them that time because you have to put yourself in that shoes when you were that age you wanted your little time to get yourself together to regroup and just get back to what you needed to be um speaking to them on my personal time just making sure that they have you as an outlet because like i said kids go through stuff every day like we do but they're going through it and they don't know how to handle it um i guess for me it would be like um the idea of being seen mm -hmm. i feel like as um when you're in that age group of being like six and seven it's like oh they're either doing too much or they're doing too mm -hmm. little yeah. so like six and seven is like they want to be seen. So sometimes their emotion is their emotion. And granted, we're all entitled to our emotion. But it's like that area around like, I see you. I see that you're going through something. Mm -hmm. And sometimes just for them to be acknowledged and not forgotten because it's easy for them to be, oh, they're a little kid. You know, they'll get over it. Like that two seconds, I'm saying like, I see you. Um, we're going to push through this. I know you came in a little bit rough. Because sometimes you have to acknowledge it and graze on it so that they don't dwell in it. So I feel like um, for my students, I definitely like when they come in in the morning time, it's like that little eye contact, like good morning, such and such, yeah. good morning, such and such. And that really sets the tone. Like, I see you. I see what you're coming with. But hopefully by the end of the day, what you came in with is not going to be the same mindset or the same emotion that you left with. Like something's going to build on. Just going off of what Rachel said, I feel like that's very important. Like kids need that you they need to feel respected. They need to get that hello. They need to how are you? Like, I like that. certain things like that they don't get from home. They don't like people like she said, they aren't seen. There's kids and adults like we're young adults, we got other things going on, so they're kinda like they get kinda bypassed and they need that. They need structure and they need like respect. A lot of kids, especially these days, if you're not giving it to them, they're not gonna give it to you. Like that's just how it's gonna No, I dare respect that. And y'all speaking about disrespect. But, like, I feel like when you're, like, a parent and you do have, like, kids, especially just young kids of African descent, we tend to, like, not ask them specific questions that it could be something simple. Like, you know, what makes you happy or is there anything I did wrong? And I feel like you, y'all just being the example of just being a teacher because when they're not home, where they at, at school. Yeah. So, like, with y'all being, like, the, you know, just the forefront of what, of being at school and stuff, like, how do you develop their confidence and their self-worth? I feel like a lot of kids right now don't have that. They lost their, their value of worth. And, you know, it all comes from home. It could come from anything. So, for me, like, working with high school, you definitely see, like, we live in an era of being an entrepreneur and starting your own business. And that dwells on kids, too. Like, I had ninth graders telling me, like, oh, I don't want to go to college because I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But it's like, yeah, that's fine. You could do want to do here, but have a plan behind that. Like, know how to do business. Know how to handle certain things so you're not working outside. Like, it's nothing work, wrong from working outside of, like, your house or something. But you want to elevate yourself. It's not, you got to think about the bigger picture and everything. And I think that's something that you have to shoot for kids because they're in their own mind of, you don't really need school. I want to get money. Especially yeah. my high school kids. Because like, you are eighth grade. Yeah, too. they want to get money. They don't really care about, <laughs> oh, I want to go to the next grade. Like, it's, they want to get fly. They want to do this. So, just providing them with a the bigger picture. Like, yeah, school may not be fun all the time, but you can make it what it is. And you can make your own fun. You can start a club. Just ex expand what you want to do. Have a bigger picture for everything. And what about you, sis? Um, for me, because I have first grade, um, that idea of like money, they don't really understand it. The idea of making their own, they don't really understand it um, to that capacity. So I feel like, for me, I mostly, I have to push like that try, like that potential. Mm -hmm. um, like they're gonna be struggling mostly because they have to be in school from K to eighth grade. Yeah. And honestly, until high school. So 
for me, I feel like I have to push that. Like, listen, school is not going to be easy. It may not be something that you want to do, but like really just balancing like the fun implemented in school. Like education is something that is going to put you forth, but realizing like there's other ways that you can do it, but you need to try it at first before you like see other um, ventures and stuff. So, um, but how do you do that in both of y'all? How do you do that to a 13 year old, 12 year old? That's eighth grade, right? Like 14. How do you do that to the 60 year as well? Like, how do you like give them the specific resources or the specific information that's needed to like branch off in different horizons rather than education? Um, well, I feel like, all right, so like bringing it back to like when we were in school and like we had like career day and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I feel like now, I feel like um, in certain school systems, they feel like education is an equalizer. But you cannot make education the equalizer and not see the whole child. What you mean so, by equalizer? Um, it's the thing that um, puts us, speaking about like um, black or like brown babies or whatever, like they use education as the equalizer that puts us kind of on a stepping stone to like be on the same playing field. That's one thing that if you get, you, you have more of a, you know, nice playing field to play mm -hmm. on. So I feel like um, in being a teacher, you want to like incorporate, okay, education is this way. But also, like, there's other things you can do, like that creative piece. Because that creative piece is what balances the motivation to stay in education. Because now you're going to say, like, oh, okay, I want to be educated, but I also want somebody to see me on that playing field so that when I mix my creativity with my education, like, I'm able to have that extra push or I'm able to have that extra, like, boost or that extra tip. Because they was taught that at that time. Right. So I feel like, for me, it's like, when I um, see kids that are not, because you see it from a very young age, like, they're mm -hmm. not involved in school. Like, they don't find interest in that. Like, they don't like school. And everyone's not going to like school. But how do you make a kid like school? You though? can't, make, you a can't kid. make a kid like school. You can't make them like the experience. I feel like that's the structure of education in our country. I don't know worldwide, but I just feel like America, like, you can make a child like understand you can make it fun for them you can't force something like if they didn't grow up knowing like okay school is this is it that's not you can't force that on them but what you can do is when they're in your classroom making them experience that they want to come back so speak about that how y'all make it fun because if i'm for, if i'm 14 in the eighth grade i'm thinking about <laughs> girls i'm thinking about high school i'm not really thinking about like you know taking my psat and i'm not thinking about that so for me i have like older kids i just try to be as real with them as possible like okay. they look at me and they be like oh you're so cool like you young and cool but it's like it's work to get here like you're not gonna just be outside playing your block thinking yeah i'm a, like you gotta try and i i'm real with them like yeah we can have fun but i need you to do your work too like that's i meet them in a meet in the middle like you yeah. want to do this cool you could do it but make sure your work is done at the end of my class make sure that you're able to participate make sure when i call on you your class is not about to laugh at you because you don't know what you're about to talk about at the end of the day like especially working with black and brown children we're at a disadvantage and i'm gonna be like if i'm annoying cool but i'm gonna be on top of you like at the end of the day you can still talk to me about whatever you want but i need my work done and i need you to try yeah especially right now like right now we're living through a a racial injustice yeah. crisis it's just more so many things to talk about but like how do y'all like, well, I do want to speak to, to y'all about like just being a teacher right now, because right now with the whole COVID thing, it is something that y'all got to adjust to as well. So like, what are some strategies? What are some things you guys use to develop, you know, effective education and the communication in the classroom, even if it's virtually or in person? I know you guys probably have different stories, but explain. Um, I feel like, um, 
so for me, um, right now in my location where I'm at, <laughs> we're all virtual. So um, it's big on like parent communication and involvement. I feel like like never before like parents are more involved. They have to like they don't have a choice um, because they no longer can just drop their kids and say I did my part. You have to actually make sure like your kid can sign into a classroom and your kid. Um, knows and has the materials or they know the work to do because yeah, now exactly so it's like a level of accountability that parents have that they've never had before or that they pushed on to the teachers so i feel like um um being transparent one of my um biggest things with being a teacher was the parent communication like i actually dreaded that part because you can want so much and see so much in a child but if it's not practiced at home then it won't then it's not going to transfer over for longevity <coughs> yes, so um, during COVID, I feel like a lot of parents are, they have their own situation. They have other things. So, like, it builds the relationship between parent and teacher, like, in a way that's never been before. So, we're able to, like, be in homes now. We're able to see how a parent talks to their child. Like, we're able to see, you're, you're like, hearing real... the things. You're hearing the bloopers. You're hearing the off-scenes. and Right. Yeah. So, I that, yeah. that gaining understanding um, for what the child is going through at home and connecting it to how it might affect their academics like it's like really like but it's a big correlation mm -hmm. like everything comes from home but i mean right. that may be different because some people may be going inside or work from home as well what about you sis so for me i'm back in the building uh -oh. um Corona <laughs> i'm back in the building but um what was I about to say? Yeah, so we're back in the building, and I basically spent this week, like, building up my, my classroom, setting it up and stuff like that, because the kids were supposed to come in on the 21st. Yeah. Um, Something that Rachel said, it's very important to have parent involvement. Like, if you want at least some type of success, you have to make sure that the parents know, because kids lie. They will say they don't got a password. They said they never got their login. They don't got class. They don't got homework. So you have to communicate with the parents first like that's important even if you feel like the parents aren't involved or doing the right things you know that you did that effort and that's like the first steps then making sure that like you reach out to the kids because like i said they're going through their own little things they're handling this pandemic way differently kids are going through it some kids are isolating themselves like you just have to make sure that their emotions are intact before you even start teaching because mm -hmm. It's been a lot these past couple. It times. seemed like the foundation is really emotion. Yeah. And connecting with you that individual. You have to connect with your child to yeah. get somewhere. And for me, the school I'm at, like they're big on like advocacy and just setting an example. So like I got tested for coronavirus, guys. Uh oh. Like, I never went to. Went. I was. That is the most uncomfortable thing ever. <laughs> But Don't. it was like, that was my principal setting an example for the kids that are coming into the building on the 21st. Like, just for the parents to see, like, get tested. And this may make us all stay home. Who knows? But yeah. it's good to set an example. So you be that ex be what you want your kids to be. Like, be positive. So I was, I was going to speak about that. Like, example is really vital, especially right now. Yeah. And you guys being an uh, educator, they're teaching who they see almost all the time. How do you be that example though? You was getting into it. Oh, so for me, I like try not to wear my, like, I'm very emotional, but at school or at work, I take that face off. Like, I try to keep on- You have to front. though. Yeah, like you have to because kids wear on what they see and what they feel. And so I try to keep a positive face because like I, like I said before, I don't know what they're going through and kids really like, 
the way kids handle their emotions, they're not rational. They don't yeah. have good decision making. So they could see something and I could tick them off. I could trigger them. Like you just have to be like a positive front for them and outlook and outlet for them. Make sure that they feel comfortable being able to speak to you. So that's my way. Um, so for me, I feel like because they're little kids, like they look at the, the physical, yeah. how they look, um, and how you carry yourself. That's, I think all kids, they will tell you about yourself. I feel like that's very important because if you don't have that effective communication with that parent, how are you going to be able to deliver the correct way to, you know, operate with that child? You know what I'm saying? So y'all spoke about just like the challenges y'all face, but I do want to ask y'all like in what made y'all want to become a teacher in the first place? Like, what was like, oh, I want to be a teacher one day. Uh, well, in all honesty, when I was little, I said, I want to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. um, but my mom was a teacher. So I was like, no, like, I can't be following mommy. Like, that's not what's about to happen. So I think I ran from it. And then it was just like, boom, like, God just dropped it in my hand. And he was just like, that's what you're going to do. That's what you're called to do. And it kind of was just like natural like it's my natural environment um i feel like me outside of being a teacher is different from me like it's like two different people it's like when i walk in the classroom that's my stage mm -hmm. you know how singing at they stage like my classroom is really like I so it's like a that. home it's like yeah like like, it's natural like i don't have to do too much it's just real like everything flows any mistake is supposed to happen anything that go on it's just natural like the energy you could feel it like the kids feed off of me, I feed off of them, and it's just that's it. <laughs> so for me, my story's a little different. I wanted to go I went to college to be a criminal justice kind of girl. Like that's a whole three sixty. Yeah, I wanted to be a juvenile probation officer. But as a graduation kind of approached, like I realized I love kids and I wasn't really comfortable with the predicaments I might be put in. Like that was, that just didn't sit well with me. Cause I, as a kid, like made my own mistakes and you know, I'm here. So I just wanted somebody to like, you know, then I was a case manager and I really like helping people. Like that's my niche, but yeah, like I worked with men first and then I worked at family shelters and my children and my family shelters really was like, that's what drive me at work. Like seeing them and wanting better for them was like, okay, like I really do love kids. Then, um, my friend is a teacher, my guy friend is a teacher, and he kind of put me onto like his little program thing, and then I got started with that. And my summer training, I was like, okay, this is hard, but I love it, like, it's worth it. Like, teaching is not easy peasy, like, people think we just with people, kids all day, it's cool, like, no, it's a lot, it's a lot, but it's worth it. Like, when you see your kid, like, if your kid is struggling with something and you see them, like, finally getting it, like, that's a rewarding feeling, or they're even coming to you comfortable to talk about anything, like, that's yeah. rewarding, like. Some, I don't have kids, but those are my kids. Like, those are my babies. So, yeah. like, it's yeah, a cool family. Nah, that's good. You feel like that was your babies as well? Those are my babies. Yeah, those are like, my babies. I, like, I call some of them, like, you're my son. Like, really? your mom gave birth to you. You are my son. Like, it's... My first year of teaching will always be the most memorable, like... Yeah, because that's, like, your first... Yeah. Like yeah. Even it's, with you, right? It wasn't eighth grade, though. No, that last year was high school. It was my first year. And it was rewarding. Like, even during, like, coronavirus, I had students emailing me, like, thank you for coming here this year. Like, you really helped it a lot. Like, you changed a lot. And it was just, like... That's, like... At the end of the day, you pick your feet up. Like, that's the reward. So, so what's the goal? Like, every... If you was to have a specific goal for every individual, every child in that classroom, Woody, what's, what's Alex and Rachel's goal? Period. My goal? 
is I want them to learn something. I want them to leave my class and take something with them, whether it be how to carry yourself a little better, how to speak to people. You learn something in class. Like, I want you to remember me for teaching you something. I didn't give up on you, and I don't want you to give up on yourself. Like, that's something I always tell kids. Like, don't give up on yourself. It may get hard, it may get tough, it may get frustrated. People might doubt you, but never give up on yourself. I love that. Yeah. Um, for me, I guess it's kind of similar. It's along those two lines. For me, I feel like when I think about, like, even for us, like, growing up, like, mm -hmm. our most memorable teachers um, is the teachers that pushed us, like, or the teachers that stood out, or mm -hmm. the teachers that did something that was, like, out of the norm. Yeah. But um, for me, I think of one word when I think of, like, my students, and I think of potential, because I feel like that's one word that every child grows up. Somebody say, like, yo, I see potential in you. Um, I see you could do this. And I feel like it's a word that's thrown out, but it's not a word that's carried through. So um, for my kids, it's like, I know that it's hard. I'm not going to tell you it's not hard, but I'm going to tell you what I see for you, but you got to put in that self-motivation to get there. Right, yeah. So I feel like for me- But sometimes kids don't have that though. They don't. And you have to help them with that. Like people, like being a teacher, you wear many hats. You're a counselor, you're a parent, you're a teacher. You're, really a you're like, you have to really be there for them because they may not be getting that at home. They may not feel comfortable telling you the things they're feeling at home. Like it's, you really, you wear many hats and you have, you just got to take that. I, I want to ask you a quick question. Like y'all both being black educators, I feel like when, if you look currently right now, like, the the peak of black educators is rising. Mm -hmm. There's more black teachers than it ever was. Correct. And that's very important. But like when there is like another teacher of a different descent, this is not this doesn't happen all the time because I have a lot of teachers that's non black that I relate to so much. But like a lot of other teachers that's coming from different descents, they don't they can't relate to that kid's culture. You know, being of African descent, being black, right. being mm -hmm. raised in Brooklyn, being raised in New York, whatever it is, or America. How do you like what are some ways you relate to that kid's culture? So for me, the first school that I worked at was actually supposed to be my first high school that I was supposed to attend. I grew up in the area that I started teaching in. So it was like, I understand y'all struggles. Like I understand you may have beef here and there. Like I understand all that because I was once your age. So it's like, just letting them know like, I was once there and this is how you can handle it. You don't always have to fight somebody. You don't always have to curse somebody out. You don't have to be rude. Like it's certain ways to carry yourself. If, especially if you want to make it further than the hood, you got to elevate out of that. You have to think of the bigger picture. Like that's always my saying. Like it's always a bigger picture to everything and not every action needs a reaction. Your teacher may have pissed you off, but you don't have to curse out. Like just handle it differently. Uh, for me, it was a little bit different. Growing up, I had, I had like, Asian, I've had a black teacher, I've had Indian, like I've had Spanish, like I've had like a variety of teachers. So me coming in, I didn't, um, and then working in like urban areas, it wasn't a problem in terms of that, but I feel like in having different teachers, it helped with like the communication mm -hmm. flow. So like when I interacted with other races or other yeah, things, the communication had like a flow because I wasn't used to just interacting right. with um, people of my race but um, I will say though that a child looking at you and you teaching them and they look like you that's a different motivation it's a different connection too. It's, it, it is it's very um, it's genuine um, it feels real it's certain stuff like it's like called like culturally responsive yeah. teaching yeah exactly and you're, you're able to like um, just like jump into certain things and not to say you don't have to think about it but you understand it more it's no breakdown or no like you have to watch what you say but it's like 
you get me and I get you. Yeah, like yeah. it's no We gotta be real with each yeah, other. Yeah, like that gap, that bridge is different. Um, so I feel like um even with like my white colleagues and stuff, it's certain things that they ask me, like, oh, like, did I say this wrong or like really? oh you have to though, because it's like um Hypothetically, if you um, don't mind embracing it, but like what was like something that you what was like a pile you had to you ran through with like a white colleague um, in regards of like did you say something appropriately? Was it culture? Yeah. Or it's um, like, so a quick example um, would be like um, a white teacher mm -hmm. telling um, a black girl, like, your hair looks very beautiful, or I like that. Or sometimes, like, my students will come to school and their hair is not done. So the white teacher would ask me, like, oh, can you fix her hair? Because right there um, is a moment where she doesn't know how to even deal with that. Or like certain terms like, oh, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. But then the kid would say like, oh, your hair is beautiful. So like even like just the difference in how they look, um, it sets a tone for how they feel about themselves. Mm -hmm. So the teacher can't say like, oh, your hair is beautiful. And say, you know, black girls, we all come with like, you know, different grades yeah. of hair. You know what I'm saying? So she can't say to a girl that might have a different curl pattern. It might be a loose or a tighter curl like, oh, that's beautiful. And I say that to a girl that has like more of a afro or something like that curl because that already is setting a tone because she doesn't look like them yeah, so yeah. now that message of what looks beautiful may be different mm -hmm. so it's certain things that like a white teacher might say like oh like can you fix her hair miss uh Ferguson? can you do this because i don't feel comfortable doing that like it just that's comes crazy, differently. Though. that's mm -hmm. crazy and like just speaking of that like it's crazy because you come from you in the first grade but i guess in your environment there is um white colleagues as well non you know european descent and it's like so cool to have a melting pot sometimes but then when you go by alex i'm sure your environment is totally different so for me i my first year i worked at a predominantly white staff and this year i work at a predominantly black staff and it's very different especially Tell the the difference, please. Handle I need to hear it. Yeah. Like, it's very very different like i came from a school where majority of the teachers were teaching for like 20 plus years and as a teacher you have to be open to new ideas and new things because kids learn differently not every kid is just going to learn with stuff on the board like you have to think of different things as a teacher that's what should i say seasoned they're not very open to new ideas they're not very open to yeah so it's kind of like coming in like that i'm a new teacher i'm, I'm i got this i'm gonna try this they're not really with that aspect and they're not very understanding to they not I don't wanna say they don't care, but like a kid could act out and they're ready to kick them out the class ready rather than understanding like okay what's going on. Understanding right. rather it's, than reacting. It's quick to you get out of my class rather than okay what's wrong or writing you up. It's certain things that like I was seeing it just wasn't comfortable. And I'm a sped teacher, so I'm always, I always have a co teacher with me and it will always be like not a conflict, but we just we see things differently, so we would handle things differently and it would it just shows me like, okay, this is not really what I'm comfortable with. So do you, both of y'all, do y'all think it's important to have like a melting pot of different teachers? Like, you know, black, Asian, like I'm talking about in terms of y'all staff. I feel like colors really doesn't matter. Once you have a teacher that is that cares and is willing to learn, that can create a, a beautiful space. True, uh, but sometimes a lot of teachers, they can be understanding, they can be really empathetic. But they still won't be able to understand the culture because they go very back to the questions. It's not even, but like, just like just like school, you're here to learn. Yeah. So you can't just because you don't know, and if you're if you're willing and open to learn, like I don't know everything, I may not understand how Tina may feel, but if I'm willing to listen and willing to try, then 
I feel like that's a beautiful space because going back to what Rachel said, it's important for especially African American children to understand how to deal with all type of people. Like, right. yes, it's cool that talk all your teachers it. is black, but you need to learn how to talk to someone <clears throat> who's of a different culture, of a different race. Like, you need to be able to have that certain respect, even if y'all have different views on life. So I feel like it's important to have that range. Like. <laughs> Growing up molding, yes, it's cool to have all black teachers and yeah, but it's also important to have that range because once we let them outside our school building, you're in the world, you're in college, that's a, a whole different melting pot. We live in New York City, that's a you're going to see different people of different races and all types of stuff. You have to learn how to handle that. That expands your horizon, yeah. Yo, that's so crazy because, like, I do want to dive more into like focus on like just those young black kids. So, like, right now, with everything going on with these young black kids, like, what are you guys doing to deliver that correct education to let them understand their history? You know, filling those gaps that they never had, that we never had growing up. What are you guys doing right now to make sure that when they come out your class, when they come out of 12th grade, they be able to understand, you know, ownership, you know, black-owned businesses, uh, whatever it is that's going to put us in progress. You know, what are what y'all doing for that specifically? So for me, when I taught high school, something that I really liked and I probably didn't appreciate it when I was in high school was my government economics class. Like I taught government economics and those are very major keys of, I think, life that people should understand. Like breaking the economic problem. You yeah. should know, you should understand the government. You should understand how systematically things play out. You should understand money. Like things like that are essential for our young kids. Like. I didn't take that, I really didn't take those classes seriously, but when teaching it, it was like, okay, you could, uh, now we're, we're in the uh, era of Donald Trump. We're about to have an election. We were able to have like our own election. People were able to vote. Just understanding those things because it's important. Like, especially as a black community, we don't care, well, I care, but a lot of people don't care about voting. Yeah, at all. That is so important. And that starts from a young age. Like you have to understand, like vote, have your voice being heard less. You may not feel like your one little vo voice matters, but as a whole, if y'all come together, it will work. It'll but so, real quick, Rachel, before she before you go, sis. But how would you like? You said government and economics, right? Mm -hmm. So, how would you like? What do you? What what tools? What kind of resources? What kind of education would you provide for those kids in that specific subject to understand what they have to do? So, when they out of there, like, what, what would you? So, for me, we definitely had like different. Like, I feel like uh, how do I say this? Project-based learning is like kind of, it's important and it's a way, it, it shows, rather than putting things on paper, it's giving them a chance to dive in and understand like, okay, this is how this works. Like, I'm teaching you it, but if you're doing it on your own hand and trying to figure out a business, you're making your own business and you have to show me your, all the compartments to that. You're understanding what, how to break things down, understanding money, you're understanding how to work with people, you're having your own business, you have to show me. Basically, when I'm teaching you and you kind of get it while you're, like, that's how I learn in a sense too, like, Doing it repetitive, practicing, that's important. So you said I can now many times. So what about you, sir? Um, for me, um, my age group is different. So when it comes to like certain um skills that they need as like in black leading and feeling like they wanna own their own, I feel like it has to be tied to their age. Like it has to be mm -hmm. age appropriate. I feel like with the climate of the community now, I feel like we're forced and we think that um as kids we wanna like force them to know certain things, but you don't want to take away a child's child. innocence. Mm -hmm. And I feel like based on the climate of everything, like even the Black Lives um, Matter, like movement and stuff, you don't want to say to a five-year-old, like when you see a cop, you got to be scared. Yeah. You don't want to say to a five-year-old, like, 
okay, when, when you're walking on the street, do this, do that. Because now you're taking away their freedom of just being free and just living. And granted, you want to make them aware, but you don't want to make a child in that age group because I've been teaching first grade for three years. You don't want to make a child in that age group feel like they can't live because that is already, remember, in first grade, you're learning emotions. You're learning right. just how to deal with loving yourself. It's a lot you're of personal to, development. Right. Yeah. So in that aspect, I feel like um, it's a lot of affirmations. So in first grade, I teach my, uh, my kids a lot of affirmations. Like... And some of them is not just focused on how they look, it's what they can do. So I'm really good at this, or like, I really love karate. Like, I can't wait to do this one day. Like, envisioning themselves to be greater than what they look like, or like, people in their community and people that they see or people that they don't see, you know, like, that's a big thing. So I feel like it's affirmations, it's hope to be something bigger. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like with history and stuff like that, um, during like, Black History Month and stuff like that, that's like a projected time that you have like, set out to, like do certain things that are related to the community, but um, you gotta do it every day though. You you have to do it every day through affirmations, but at the same time, you cannot allow um how they look to be the the, the forefront focus, and yeah. the main focus because you want them to get education. Mm -hmm. the, the purpose of school is education. Now you can incorporate education and history through how you do it. Um, and but then how um, you can incorporate. It. That's affirmations. That's telling them like, okay, certain things are happening within their community. How do you feel about it? That piece of expression really does make a difference on how they see things or how they're able to gain their opinion. But if we just constantly like um, push like history, like um, I had a student and it's sad, but I had a student, she said, did what Martin Luther King did really matter? And this is in first grade. And I it really, it really like um, kind of like resonated with me because you're in first grade and you're thinking like, wow, like what has changed? And during that time, I think I was, um, I can't remember the exact lesson that I was teaching, but um, it was like in regards to like her understanding slavery mm -hmm. and her basically connecting slavery to the era oh, of Martin yeah, Luther yeah. King oh, okay. and then comparing it to like, okay, but what do we have now? You know, and She's this is in, a, the in the first grade. So I feel like in that that's a perfect example of she's observant of her surroundings. First grade, they know things, you know, so like giving them too much before they're able to grapple with it is something that we cannot do. You don't want to take away from how they're building on to what they think and just give it to them because now you're taking away their choice to believe like, okay, I want to believe this and I want to believe that because we're giving them knowledge before they're able to handle. So, yeah, I just think that... Do you think more so it's just adaptability in a sense? Um, and letting the child just live? Um, not letting them live to be oblivious, but letting them to live in their moments. Don't take away something before you see it. Now, you could teach a child when they see something happen. Say you were to see, you was walking and a parent was with their child, or you was, you want to address it in that moment. Mm -hmm. You don't want to give them more to address before they see it, because now you're presenting fear. And that fear is going to take away who they are and who they're supposed to be. Just to piggyback off of Rachel said, like, feeding to their fear is, like, you shouldn't do that. Like, uh, like especially in a timeline, and I was dealing with older kids, and they were upset. And you don't add to that with your own opinions and, like, your own opinions and thoughts. Like, let them know that they're important. Let them practice things in school to let them know that they have a voice. They're important. They matter. Because at the end of the day, they're outside. They're with their friends. They all got their own thoughts, and they're angry, especially growing up in certain areas. 
you you're gonna feel some type of but I'm as a teacher I'm never gonna tell you hate the cons there are good cons there are good people there are good teachers there mm -hmm. are people that will care about you so just providing that outlook for them like there is even though we are in some rough times there are people that aren't like that there are people that care about you like just never give up on yourself and continue to be resilient like I think that's a big thing especially for like older children yeah because you have eighth grade and then with you with the first grade like both questions how do y'all make them well because eighth grade students they are very aware but like I think it was more so that how you convey that message to do the correct thing for the eighth graders. But like with you being first grade, how do you make them more aware? Because it's just so unfortunate that that little kid said that little girl said that. When you look at like social media and MLK granddaughter was protesting as well, which is 60, 70 years later, and it's like, did anything ever change? So like what message do you like if it's if it's a one if it's something that you want these kids to grab on to like right now like what's present to them right now what would it be so they could be in a better position when they go to that next grade in terms of what's going on because i feel like you're more so like with personal development these a grade students they very aware but what do you say next i see i feel like for me i just keep reminding them that you have to you the think of the bigger picture and everything like i keep signing back to that because you really do have to think of the bigger picture like for myself growing up i have my own personal issues and i could have made the left or right turn you i had to think about the bigger picture and what i wanted for myself did i want to continue doing this or be in this type of crowd or did i want to be something with my life like you have to remind them and give them an alternative like this is this is what's gonna happen if you do this this is gonna happen if you do this you it's now your decision to make that decision and hopefully you pick the right one but no you weigh out your options think of the bigger picture and everything that's going on like regardless if you're upset think about where you want to be if you want to be the next doctor the next whoever you want to be something you got to push for that how do y'all make them well because every student they are very aware but like, I think it was more so that how you convey that message to do the correct thing for the eighth graders. But like with you being first grade, how do you make them more aware? Because it's just so unfortunate that that little kid said that little girl said that. When you look at like social media and MLK granddaughter was protesting as well, which is 60, 70 years later. And it's like, did anything ever change? So like what message do you like if it's if it's a one if it's something that you want these kids to grab on to like right now like what's present to them right now what would it be so they could be in a better position when they go to that next grade in terms of what's going on because i feel like you're more so like with personal development these eighth grade students they very aware but what do you say next i see i feel like for me i just keep reminding them that you have to you the think of the bigger picture and everything like i keep sliding back to that because you really do have to think of the bigger picture like for myself growing up i have my own personal issues and i could have made the left or right turn you i had to think about the bigger picture and what i wanted for myself that i want to continue doing this or be in this type of crowd or did i want to be something with my life like you have to remind them and give them an alternative like this is this is what's gonna happen if you do this this is what happen if you do this you it's now your decision to make that decision and hopefully you pick the right one but no you weigh out your options think of the bigger picture and everything that's going on like regardless if you're upset think about where you want to be if you want to be the next doctor the next whoever you want to be something you got to push for that um. <laughs> <laughs> now you're gonna get guys as you want yeah but um for me i definitely like just to just piggyback off of what you said i definitely feel like it's no one way it's no one way because your classroom is different. Every child is different. Mm -hmm. um, it's certain students that you're going to be like, I could keep it 100 with you, mm -hmm. no matter what their age is, because it's what they're introduced to. So I feel like you cannot mm -hmm. um, just like um, have like a clear cut way of how you want to do it. 
So if I was having a conversation with that specific little girl, which I was talking about before, I might have to speak to her different, but then I might have a girl that's more sensitive. And that's when you have to say, like, I see you as a student, you know, and I know you need this conversation. Yeah. But then I see you as a student and I know that you can't handle this conversation. Because a lot of kids are sensitive. Exactly. But then also you have to be aware as teachers, we are not their parents. Yeah. You cannot introduce a student to something that their parent is not willing to introduce them to. Mm-hmm. Because now what you're doing is confusing them and they're being introduced something before their parents is comfortable to in- introduce them. And I like, feel, give me an example though, because some things may be needed to... Like, yes, um, but I always say like, it's certain topics and things like that where like, um, just think about um, sex ed. Okay. Right? Just think about that as a broad topic. Granted, it wouldn't be for my age group, but it's it's a choice for like older kids. <laughs> Your parents have to sign off on that class. It's not a class that you think so. Wow. You, you have to. It's a it's something that has to. Because right, what grade you get sex ed? Cause me, I got sex education my junior year. What about y'all? I didn't have, I that, didn't class have that class at all. Oh, like, I didn't have like a sex ed, know. like a health. I had a health, but it didn't. Yeah, you talk about like sex. HIV, yeah. AIDS, mm, media. No. It was um, what was that? I think it was like called Dare or something. It was a program that had came in, and I think it was like related to like maybe like alcohol and something. Like, I can't remember that. What are they talking about? Y'all really I never can't. had a class on self ed- sex no. education? Mm-hmm. Wow. But. Wow, really? You have to sign off on that. Certain stuff you have to sign off. Like it has to be a program that's embedded. Yeah. Well, why? College in Philly. I mean, high school in Philly. So I don't know. But no, but I see it's different locations. But like, why you feel like that's not something to be speaking about when you got eighth grade students? Oh no, no. So I would say my story is way, way different. Yeah, it's different. (laughs) But like, let's say y'all have both demographic of kids. But every but I do young understand. Yeah, at at one that. years old, you cannot introduce a child. To no, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. It's not about age group. It's what your parent feels comfortable for. Like parents still have control over what they want to introduce their child to. If you don't feel like your child needs to be introduced to sex, like granted, it's something that comes with age. But if I don't feel like I want to feel comfortable to introduce whatever story I want to introduce to my child, you have to sign off. It's like a permission slip. Like I want to. I want my child to feel comfortable or I want, because you know, students have issues. Some people have like therapy and things like that. So you don't want to say like, well, because you're of this age, then you have to be in That's the mind frame about, to handle it. You talking about specific first grade though? No, not first just grade, in just in general. So I'm saying like, in terms of like the inclusion of certain things and how you might want to like be able to say like on a, like a spectrum or like a platform to every kid in your class, one thing you can't because you don't know what they're doing at home. You don't know how comfortable their parents feel with you introducing certain it's topics. Like right. So you have to be mindful of who their parent are because like I said, like we want to see them, but we also want to respect who they are when they're not in our classroom. Like you can't like just belittle that and just say like, oh okay, well I'm their teacher and I feel like I wanna teach, I'm gonna advocate, like yeah. I'm gonna do all these things because like I said, they're still a product of who they were are when they were at home. Question is now for both of y'all, because I was gonna, I was gonna even before I even got there, I was gonna ask like if there's a specific subject according to like right now and our times, even before like what is a subject that needs to be spoke about. But like now we're going to get right into that specific, you know, spectrum of like African history. This not even African American history. This being the fathers of civilization, African history. So. Do you feel like a parent got to sign off on that and their kid is not a person of African descent, eighth grade or first grade? Um, no, that's, that's history, but it also, it depends on the demographic of the school. Um, so if you're that's thinking true. about like culturally responsive students, right? 
So you want to say, okay, yes, I want to enlighten you. I feel like for us, even growing up, we did more so like American Revolution and like, US you know, history. our founding fathers and, and things of that sort. And that like that period in our textbook was very slim in terms of our history. You know, like we had to self learn and like be self taught certain things. But what I will say is um, in terms like it, it depends on what your classroom is. I don't think that it shouldn't not be taught, but I don't think that it should be the whole section. I know in college you could take that whole section of African American studies. We should have our time to speak about it, but it's more like you still gotta learn your checks and balances. And I'm sorry, but that's a uh, a like whole different topic, right? So you know what I'm saying? Like you want to talk about law, you want to talk about stuff. That's not stuff that's in our history, but that's a part of like world history. So you don't want to focus too much on a topic based on what your kids look like and not prepare them for branches of government because now that goes into the importance of voting. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and how, like, that all balances out. So, I feel like it needs to be instructed time for that, but it does not need to be the bulk of everything. Okay. What I definitely you? agree. Um, for me, I, well, speaking on a subject that I think is important for children is definitely English. And I say that because being literate, really? I really feel so. Because I've had students in 12th grade that don't know how to write a proper paragraph. L- literate in regards of... Literate is reading and writing, but like literate in regards of reading or writing. Both. Both. What do you feel like is more important? I feel like they're both on an equilibrium. Yeah, because I feel like reading, you find your most potential there. And a lot of children, especially, I'm sorry to say, our African-American youth struggle in that department. And it's essential for, I want to say, almost everything. You have to, if you want to have a business, you have to learn how to read that contract or write your own contract. Like, Literacy is very, very important, and I feel like you can teach whatever you want through being through literacy. Like I taught about African American history. We went to go see the Harriet Tubman movie. Like it was beautiful, but they needed to write. I needed you to see you write. Like kids have a problem with writing. They don't want to. Once you push them to write more than a page, it's a problem. You have to. Why do you feel like it's a problem though? Because they don't. It's they don't want to. They don't know how to. They don't know how to articulate themselves. They don't know words other than what they know like building a bigger word bank for them i love that yeah it's in something Expanding that important. Their vernacular. even if it's a free white you need to learn how to write you need to learn how to write more than a page more than a paragraph you need to learn how to articulate yourself words will take you far and right. i feel like english is very important i love That's that because like a gap of a subject that's needed for me i'm not a teacher but like if it wasn't me it would be like financial literacy but it all depends on when you're going to be in school um, like which age? Because you can't do that in first grade. You gotta, like you said, you have to have a balance. But like, do you do you agree with Rachel in regards of like you have parents need to sign off on African history in regards of like? So for me, um, in the beginning of my what was it? What was that called? Last semester, um, year. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> we made like a parent. To a parent consent form sent home, letting them know what we will be teaching for the school year. So it listed that we were going to go see movies based on African-American literature. We were going to have poetry, African-American literature, just different things. And out of respect for the parent, a consent form was sent home to let you know. Because you, at the end of the day, yes, you did send your kids with me, but parents want to know. Some parents really do care, and they want to know what their child is being taught. So if I did my part, I sent you a slip letting you know after that. It's all it is. I can teach them to teach. I can teach how I'm going to teach. So, so you agree. But it, it's important to let them know. Yeah. Even and, if it's but, not only about African American African American history, just letting them know what's about to be going down in your Is classroom. it a bulk or something minuscule? 
Like, are you going to sit there and tell them, like, you need to know this and go three, four hours about their history from back to front? Or you're going to give them a little piece? So for me, the way I like to teach, I like to give you something and let you expand on that. Whether it be that. a project, an essay, something. Something for, so, so I can see that you learned that. Like, I like doing Kahoot. Have you ever did that? Mm -hmm. So Kahoot is like you put questions on the board. Oh no, like, yeah, yeah, that's stuff cool. Stuff like that, like interactive, make it fun, but teach what you find important. And as teachers, we don't only we can't only teach what we want. Like we're teaching for exams, we're teaching so to so the child is meeting the curriculum. So we do have to follow a certain curriculum, but you also able to put your spin on it. So the spin on it is when you get to throw your extra stuff in there. So what about you, sis? Um, I definitely believe like. Um, just consent is needed, but in terms of like just the lessons that we're teaching. Not the lessons, no. Like the lessons and the curriculum that we teach and like I feel like that opportunity It's for you. It it's for you to take, but at the same time it's like I still have to make sure that they mm -hmm. do certain things for that age group. Yeah. So my my student cannot pass to the next grade unless they gain a certain skill. Yeah. So as much as we want to include stuff in the society and the climate yeah. of the world, we we're still follow. structured to follow a certain template because they need certain skills in order to say like, okay, you're first grade ready or you're eighth grade ready or you're ready for high school. So that time period and what we have to like really like tweak certain things we don't have because you have to follow standards, you have to follow criteria. Right. But I have a question though. In regards to that structure, that curriculum, I don't agree with it. I don't agree with the whole like, of course, it's certain things that you need to get where you're going. Of course, your math, I guess science, but like, of course, I think being in America, you should know American history. But I feel like with me personally, you should know more of the, the foreign history than that. But like, I don't agree with the curriculum. Do you guys agree with the curriculum that your friends maybe that's teachers that they go through that you go through or that you go through do you feel like that curriculum is appropriate do you feel like it's perfect is do you feel like it's things that need to be worked on like i feel because like, i don't feel like i don't I, feel so I, I would say it's 50 50. Mm -hmm. um it's 50 50 because i know that there's stuff that i learned that i never use to this day but i'll say um right. also in terms of how we use the curriculum and how we mm -hmm. structure it that's what makes it like okay. So now, if you incorporate social studies in English, or um, or a book about our people in a read aloud, now you're balancing curriculum, and now you're balancing social issues, and you're intertwining them together. But it's just all in how you're able to do that. Every school is different. Every district is different in terms of lesson planning, in terms of how they can incorporate that. Mm -hmm. But like I said, like that all depends on who that teacher is. A first year teacher is not going to have that flexibility to feel comfortable and enough to do that because now you're just learning the curriculum mm -hmm. and the standard. So that whole like freedom is given to you once you master a certain skill. So students need to learn how to read and write. They need to learn their basic numbers and how to isolate numbers and be able to work with numbers and know the money, how to tell time and stuff like that. Those are just the generic basics. But, and the reading that comes with phonics, um, being able to do that. And that's, that's, that's the group that I'm at. Like in terms of like just teaching. You like foundation right now, like right. principles, things that you need to know. But that's stuff that trickles down it definitely for the rest of your life. life. Right. So those those pre skills from honestly of math and writing and English of first grade to fourth and fifth grade that builds on to what they're able to write when they're in eighth grade and you ask them to write an essay. So I feel like that's needed. That 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 can never be erased. 
When it comes to history, now that's the insight that will help you expand on a quote. That's the stuff that will help you expand on writing and mm -hmm. expressing things. Mm -hmm. So, granted, we want to introduce them, but it, it, as long as it's age appropriate to what they're learning, that introduction to certain topics and stuff like that will help them when they're writing a college essay, when they're writing entrance things, and when they're writing stuff for grants, and when they're writing stuff for scholarships. Those are stuff that is going to set them apart differently awesome. because they're knowledgeable on certain topics. But would I embed it into every section of the curriculum? No. It, it wouldn't be fair, and it would take away from certain things that they are supposed to learn to just focus on it because all of that stuff is emotional too. You don't want to sit there and they isolating numbers and thinking about history all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like that's it, it's not a distraction, but that right there is not going to allow them to focus on one thing at a time because it's so in their forefront. It's when they go home. It's when they're in school. That's a lot. That's a lot yeah. for us to even see it on a daily yeah, basis. If we read you know? things every five seconds, yeah. like, yeah. things are in front of us every second. So like those foundational things that you had to learn at that young age, it's inevitable. You have to learn that. But just really just finding that balance. I think that's like the huge challenge for like teachers today. Because I feel like a lot of, I feel like the world and not even just teachers, but everyone is just adapting. And people are just like doing things for like the BLM, you know, um, uh, just movement and just, you know, adapting whatever is going on. But they not really caring for it. So I, I feel like I, that's just the generation we live in. Like, I feel like we're just, like, immune to everything. Like, we're, like, kids, dumb almost. Yeah, but yeah. kids are, too. Like, they... Yo, can, it's so true. Kids can People see like somebody... Kids they, too? they can see somebody full and the, the, it's the, our reaction probably younger was, are you okay? They're gonna laugh. They're gonna look the other way. Like, we're just very immune and it's trickling down to kids. Like, I feel like even from the games they play, the stuff they see, the stuff they see in their own community, like, we're not... I don't want to say we're not... Tr trained to care but we're kind of not but how do you stop that domino effect i feel like that's your classroom management and the class like what you practice in your classroom hopefully trickles outside but mm. just making sure that in your classroom you utilize respect empathy just certain and things expression. yeah expression your emotions being respectful is like big in your classroom because that sets the foundation they may not practice it anywhere else but they know in your classroom they can't do certain things that's not okay like, I just feel like practicing your own norms. I, I got a quick question. It's I, it's crazy because it's crazy. But I do want to ask y'all, like, y'all both have children. And they both, you know, young kids, young men, young young women. And you probably have little princesses, little, little princes, right? Do you feel like you are correctly, like, when you see these little boys treating these little women, you know, I mean, these, these little princesses, like, it's... Is it correct? Like no. I do, I'm gonna get into that. I'm gonna get because you were in the eighth grade. Yeah, no. When I had so high that's, school, that's a I had high school. I had boys that are very, very disrespectful, terrible. And the young men today like to put their hands on girls, and that's stuff that like you have to see as a teacher. And no, that's not cool. Like you don't. And as a girl, like I've asked my students, like I've had, I love her dearly, but I had a student, and she was just like a wild child, and I could not understand why she was so wild but I adored her and I just would have to sit her down and have real conversations and like Rachel said sometimes you have those kids you have to be real and I would really tell her like girl like you gotta bug you gotta stop because I'm 23 I have boys hurting my feelings you cannot be just giving yourself to the world because you think he likes you like stuff like that you have to talk to him because she didn't have her mother stuff like that plays around and that's scary though because her, she was coming to school with hickeys like girl no not in my classroom at least like not yeah. here not here what about you? 
Um, it sounds crazy, right? But my first year teaching, I had a student, he was at his cousin's house or whatever. So he decided to text me. Me. My student? My student <laughs> texted me. Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait, what? <laughs> All for operating hours. All for operating hours. It's 9 p.m.? It's like, maybe I give it like a 6, 7 o'clock. Watching Spongebob. Whatever. Whatever they're supposed to be doing, whether it's supposed to be homework or whatever. This child gonna text me something like SMD, okay? I don't have to go over that. I, I In the first to, grade though? Then had the nerve to send a selfie like, yeah, Miss Ferguson, this was meant for you, right? But then use a whole different name. So for me, it made me feel very uncomfortable because I'm like, I know I'm a teacher, babe, okay? <laughs> I know I am. <laughs> but I had to think to myself, I'm like, okay. Not gonna hold you. I had to bring out the granny dresses because I'm like, okay. I mean, I dress appropriate, but I'm just, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, I, I, I had to. All right, I, I had you. to say to myself, as a female teacher, this kid is in first grade. Like, was that message because of how I was carrying myself? I had to be reflective. Like, Before I'm never gonna miss that. What was the context of SMD? Was it SMD? Or was no, it, like, it was like, SMD? hello, is this Miss Ferguson? I said, That's crazy. Good evening. Because it wasn't a number that I had. I said, Good evening. How are you? Who is this? The person said, I don't even remember the name you used, but it wasn't a name. It was like, I don't know. It wasn't a name that I knew. It wasn't his name. It wasn't like a the parody. Yeah. yeah. Like, so he probably used something like Nicholas or something like that. And then invited me to say whatever he said. For me, I was appalled. I'm like, who is this? Oh my goodness. Ha ha. And I'm like, only my students would call me Miss Ferguson, you know? So then he sent the picture. I think the picture was like by accident. So what I had to do was I had to go to like, you know, administration or whatever. And I said, um, such and such happened or whatever. The parent ended up apologizing to me. She was just like, you know, like I have him go to his older cousin's house um, to do homework and stuff like that. So, like I said, even that introduction to like certain things, right? Outside of her own household, he's being introduced to certain things and he didn't mean anything by it. Like that, that is one, he was one of my most respectful students. Yes, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But just being in an environment that took him out of character to 2.5 seconds, you know what I'm saying? That even made me feel uncomfortable as a teacher. And I'm not to say, I don't Cause it's like, what are you doing all right? What are you, are you? Right, so it made me feel, at first, I'm yourself. not gonna lie, in a classroom, that was one of the students that I would be like, oh my goodness, like you do this, I, 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 and I would come around, you know, do my laps, my academic laps around the classroom, great, great. but I kind of started to avoid him. I did, because I'm like, okay, um, I don't want to give you any more fuel to your, like, you know, the fire, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, oh, kids, do have, kids do have crushes it, early. Yeah. It's, it's natural, you know what I'm saying? And... They're like, wow, she's a young teacher or whatever. Even though I tell my kids, I'm in first grade, but I already tell them, I'm like, listen, Miss Ferguson is 80 years old. I look good for my age. I will never tell them I'm a young teacher. I don't want them to think I'm close in age. I don't yeah. want them to think, like, I take yeah. that out of the equation. You want to keep it this mm -hmm. I do, because even at that age, it's like, a kid is going to see if you're attractive or not. Yeah. They have a whole definition for what it is, so... No, well, sometimes it wasn't similar, but I had like one of my favorite students call me a bitch, Uber, but like 
And that one, like, if you know me in real life, that word really, like, it's like a ticking bomb is going to go off. And I had to really separate, like, this is a child, and she's in her emotions, she's angry, and I'm going to handle you accordingly. So... Wait, it was a little girl? No, she was in 12th grade, and she got upset. A little girl? Yeah, but they think they're grown, so... Yeah. 12th grade is kind of, like, next grade. Yeah, they think they're grown, so... I forgot what happened, but she wasn't even upset with me. The the bitch word just flew to me, and I was like, like everybody, you, John, you know me, y'all know me, but like I had to really like <laughs> correct myself, and it was just the way I handled it. Like she came back, apologized. Like I think. We huh, so so I like so how do you so I think you're explaining how you handle your disrespect. You don't get that in first grade, what you did, unfortunately. Right. But how y'all handle <laughs> that? Like, like sometimes you you put a child in their place, but you don't stoop to their level. If, if you get what I'm saying, like I don't put you in your place, but I'm not gonna go down. I'm not, I would never call a child out their name. I would never. Oh, yeah. No, but it's teachers like that. So I would never call a child out their name. I'm not gonna stoop to your level because I think that you're in your feelings, and I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna come back tomorrow. You're gonna want to see me smile. Like you have to learn as a teacher, like. To still smile. No, you gotta let yesterday be yesterday and today be today. Like that. every day is a new day. You can't sleep. Yeah. yeah. Everybody starts that. in a new state on a new day. You yeah. cannot bring tomorrow's beef. Like we not in the street. I don't have beef with you. Like I'm mad I was mad yesterday. I'm cool today. But she felt awkward. She knew she was wrong and she felt awkward. So it was like we were kinda of, not that I was avoiding her because I think I still gotta teach you. But she like usually that's a student that's always in my face. Always miss what you doing. Uh uh-uh. uh. Sorry, y'all. That was really ghetto. But. <laughs> nah, that was organic. This is organic. Um, but I, Healthy. I had to, like, she kind of was avoiding me. And then one day, I think we were all, like, it was a bunch of teachers. She's like, Miss Smith is not talking to me. I was like, well, tell them why. And she didn't want to tell them why. She's like, well, I'm but sorry. you did that in front of everybody. You know? That's a little, that's a little. No, because she called me a bitch in front of everybody. So, yeah, that's, yeah. that's different. Nobody called you that, right? People no. texting you, but not that. Though. And she's like, I don't want to say why, but she apologized. And I feel like that was something, that was a learning lesson for me because outside of teaching, that really would have got me. But yeah, of course. You're a kid. But it's like, finding that balance, though. Yeah, like, you got to put them in a place where they don't stick to your level. Like, like you said, be present. Make yesterday, yesterday, and today, today. Yeah. Um, Really quick, though, I do want to speak about, like, y'all, keep, y'all kept emphasizing, like, the bigger picture. I have a question. You in the eighth grade, you in the first grade, are you guys really emphasizing college with everything going on right now? Do you feel like college is needed? Um, I feel like HBCUs, when I have me and my wife have a, a, a queen or a king, they're definitely going to HBCU. But like, do you feel like colleges is a necessity in regards of right now, in regards of different avenues of success and this, you know, black owned businesses or whatever it is, but it's so many different ways to tap in to become a better person right now do you guys feel like college is the key yeah, yeah i will always push yeah. school and but I'm why though saying, i'm gonna always push school because that's just how i was brought up and i see that school really can like for some people yes they become millionaires without that but especially especially as a young black woman my credentials is what makes me that's what people see like aside from my face when i'm a tribe credentials versus character no when i my resume they're not seeing my character you're seeing what i can bring to the table and unfortunately it will have to be my degrees and my experience like do you think that is more 
more needed than that person's character. Though. No, character is just who you are, and I'm gonna always push for you to be a better person, but I'm gonna always push you to go to school and better Come yourself. On. Yeah, that's important. I feel like school, like, even if you, like I said, if you wanna do hair, go to college for business management, how to do your own thing, like, balance it, balance it out. Make sure that at the end of the day, you're gonna elevate to be bigger than what you are, be bigger than what's around you. Um, for me, well, my school is a little bit different. Every classroom is a college university. Mm, so, um, last year I was Pomona College. This year I'm Syracuse University. Like, every kindergartner is waking up and they say, oh, I go to Temple University. Or they're like, oh, this is my classroom. So, mm -hmm. from the way that my school is, like, structured, it's like they have that mindset of college already. From kindergarten, and that's their first. And that's wild though, because I know about college. Unfortunately, with me, I started thinking about college my freshman year of college. Like these is like my close friends in high school, and that's sad that I learned about the other extension of education at freshman year of high school because I wasn't. It was everything at home, the environment. So like that's just crazy. So when we think about like the big picture. Now, if you embed to them that their big picture is potential to go to college, yeah, they man. still have that choice. But if you embed to them that big picture, now they gotta say, what do I have to do to get to this end result? So now it's like, all right, cool. I can't just be basic in school. I can't just say, oh, I'm just gonna do the bare minimum and get by. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's gonna give them that extra push because they're saying like, no, I have to be on the road to college. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I have to put steps to it. So even in first grade, um, what I do is I tell my, my kids, I'm like, listen, Miss Ferguson went to college, you will have that opportunity. It's not necessarily that you won't go or you, you make that choice for yourself, but that opportunity that's given to them, because like I said, like my kids come from different communities. A lot of the people in their community, sometimes even their parents, they've never been to college. So that introduction of college can only be given to somebody that's been to college. It's right. that, that impact It's like, oh, Miss Ferguson, you're setting the example for me that you went to college. So now I can see myself in that. And your teachers, your role models, you know what I'm saying? Big so world. I'm giving them a source of, I went to college. Like, this is what college looks like. You know what I'm saying? And they're like, oh, but Miss Ferguson, you cool and you educated too. Like, I like that, you know? Yeah. So like, just that little piece in the beginning, like, college, okay. That's getting that conversation going and flowing. So I would definitely feel like, it, like I said, education is the equilibrium. You put um, anybody of a different race next to a, um, a black person and you say, okay, they both went to the same college. Now we both at least here. You know okay. what I'm saying? Cause like I said, they don't see the color yet, you know? So now if we go into interview, now we're going into an interview session. It's like, okay, communication. So now, okay, cool. They both communicating at the same level. Then we go to character. Okay. And then the person at the top says, well, I'm gonna just choose who I want the best. And sometimes he might be racist. He might just pick somebody that's not black. You know what I'm saying? But it puts you on the playing field. No matter how we want to think about you feel it, like it, that's what college does to you. It does, cause it, it, like Alex was saying, in terms of like resume and credentials and stuff, like that makes you be able to play. That makes you talk before you have to talk. Like that's that paper before, beforehand of that conversation. So I feel like just to piggyback off of Rachel said, I feel like a lot of kids, especially even like they have exposure. Like even naming the classrooms after universities. That's exposure. I feel like older kids, they need exposure. They need to be able to see something that they can't see for themselves. Like putting them in places, going to college visits and stuff like that. They're, if they've never been outside of their community, never been out of another state, never been on a plane, how can you expect them to want to go to college? Uh, or yeah. You have to give them that chance to have college trips, different stuff like that so they're exposed and they know. If they don't know, they, 
they're not gonna drink for nothing bigger than that. Nah, cause I kind of really want to, um, like the whole college thing, I think is a necessity in regards if the kid wants to go to college. I feel like decision making is very important, but so, you have to set them there. Yeah, just for that. But I, yeah, you, even you if, have to, but if a kid doesn't have that path and they want to, let's say, if, if I have a son, he's 20 years old and he say, listen, dad, I don't want to go to college. I know I was supposed to go to college two years ago, but honestly, I saved $3,000 up. I want to start a business or LLC. I'm going to respect it. Yeah, so I'm big on If you don't want to go to college, show me your plan. Okay. Like, you I love that, have, though. I love that. But why does college have to be the next because, thing, though? Because that, unfortunately, that that's everybody's next thing. If you're not going to go to college to at least learn something to build yourself in a different profession show me what skills you're about to use to build yourself and but look grow. this is 2020 exactly right? and college i feel like got diluted so they many got diluted, but so what are we going to say in the next 10 years is that college going to have the value i'm going to i'm going to tell you show me your plan if college uh, is not it show what me you what you, do? what's your blueprint of what's your next steps what you trying to do if you want to do this have your own business how are you going to work that out how are you going to expose yourself how are you going to negotiate what you about to do like don't talk to me show me what you about to do that's what i'm big on but um i also think that like i feel like we think of college of just being so academic but like even for us it was more like social. I got experience yeah, I got it's, it's, a lot of experience i did internships like yeah. i got a lot of experience like i feel like so that moving process like even just like going away to school that's a little bit of that separation it's like it's like a a building block before you get to the next yeah. stage of like adulthood so it's like that's a mini so session cool. so i feel like if we stop thinking of college of as like this academic Thing that like puts you on a direction to think it puts you on a direction to frame your mind in a different way of thinking it puts you on a direction say you only went to a school that was people that just looked like you and now you're having the first time to interact with people that don't look like you it puts you in a direction to say like oh i'm interested in this oh i might want to adventure into that but if we don't take education serious now and say like your goal or your big picture is for college then what it's going to do is people the kids are going to say like why do i need this if i'm not if i have no end result you know what I'm saying? So if you say from day one, like, you know, you're always going to have that choice or you can make a plan. Yes, but what I'm doing is I'm setting you on a path to say like, okay, cool. You're going to be in school. I'm going to take this serious so that you can have the choice to go to college if you want to. But if they don't take education seriously now, then that choice to go to college is going to be slim because they don't have the credentials. They don't have the transcript to even make a college want them, you know, because there's certain criteria that you need to even yeah, get into. Right. The question is, though, college is important, but like not everybody's Albert Einstein. Not everybody has the academic brain. So, like, would you get mad if your kids be like, yo, listen? No. Ma, I want to do no. like industrial. I want to go to no. do a trade. trade school. No, absolutely not. I'm good. Absolutely okay. not. I say if you have the motivation and you mm -hmm. have the self motivation to to get there and to put in that work, I have no problem with that. But I feel like I'm never gonna take away education and like minimalize it. And minimize like, it. Yes. Yeah. So I just feel like as long as you have a touch of education, you have those reading writing skills. Mm -hmm. You need that for trade school. You could be good with your hands, but you need that for trade school. You could be a construction worker, but you need you to learn how to read, read a blueprint. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, Facts. those are stuff that you need in order to do that. Mm -hmm. So you get your minimum done, you feel like you gotta get there, then that's what it is. Real quick though, like, woo. Last question, cause that powerful conversation. But uh, last question, cause we was on the whole teacher aspect. You know, what do you tell that little girl 
that reminds yourself of you? Mm. What do you tell that little girl, Alex, that reminds yourself of you in both grades? You could even say first and eighth grade, and um, you go on both grades, you go on both grades, but like, basically, like, what would you tell, not even your young self, but what would you tell that girl, that little princess that's similar to you, like, that you, this is one line, this little quick advice that you missed? So for me, I really did have a student that reminded me of myself. I know you do, because you have like, a, a great personality, you too. No, but she reminded me of like feisty, always wanna just, not listening and just always ready to go. So like, what would you say? I used to really just tell her like, you just have to like relax and be like, don't feed into everything around you. Like you gotta remember that it's really a bigger picture. Like I, I don't wanna say her name, but I really used to tell her like, you wanna make it out of here, you gotta just calm down and think of the bigger picture. I always used to preach that to her. And she used to listen, like, she never used to listen to everybody, but if I came to class, she would just listen because she know, like, just relax. Cause she was a little fireball, like really bad. Yeah. About you. Um, for me, I would definitely say something in the, uh, along the terms of like, try and be confident. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I feel like growing up, I I haven't met a student that um, reminded me of myself yet. But I feel like um, I was very like I cared when I was little. I feel like I cared at a very early age, and that took away from me. It took away from certain things. It took away when things got hard. I was just like, all right, on to the next amount. My mom allowed me to do that. Like, she was just like, all right, cool. You don't want to do dance? Let's try basketball. You don't want to do this? Let's try acting. Like, I always had that I could do something else next. And if I want to do it, I could do it. But, like, that confidence to stick with it when it gets hard. Like, do that. Starts from home. Right. Listen, today was nothing but support. And I appreciate y'all just, you know, just really highlighting y'all voice and, you know, expressing how y'all feel about just being an educator in the 21st century. It's a lot. Y'all broke down that text. That's crazy. That's crazy. But like, I just do want to tell y'all, I appreciate y'all. And I do got some shirts for y'all. You know, still shopping still. I just want to tell y'all, you know, I love y'all now. Love my heart. And you know, you can show them the shirts and shit, you know. Hey, yeah, I want to see Listen, so it's a small and a medium. Y'all do what y'all do. You know what I'm saying? Whatever y'all do with that. But still shopping still. And I do appreciate that. Like, powerful.